Well, if you will turn to 1 Samuel chapter 9, and just kind of keep your finger there for a second while you're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 9. Um, you know, probably many of us in, us, in this room uh, are kind of going through what I would call routine, maybe even mundane sort of days in our life. Some of us who are in this congregation retired, they're... You're going to wake up, you're going to get your cup of coffee, you're going to go through your normal routine of what you do in the morning and then turns into the afternoon and then it turns into the evening with a couple of meals in between, maybe a nap or two, <laughs> and it's time to go to bed. And it's just this sort of routine. And it's kind of boring, it's kind of, you know, unexciting, it's kind of just mundane. Some of us who are not retired probably are less mundane, but there's still some routine to it. We get up, we have our cup of coffee, off to work we go, and we go through the normal processes of what that looks like and our responsibilities and come home from work, dinner's, you know, dinner's served in some way or some fashion. Maybe you sit down and watch a couple of your favorite television programs and it's time to go to bed. And the next day starts again. Maybe it's school. You get up, you have your milk or whatever it is that you drink. And you go to school and you go through your classes and you know the routines and you come home. You do maybe your practice at your sports team, do some homework, other responsibilities, play with your friends, play your video games, whatever you do in the afternoon and the evening and off you go to bed. Kind of routine, kind of mundane, predictable stuff that we do, right? But maybe, maybe have you thought that in that that I just described, wherever you are in your life, young, middle-aged, retired, I didn't say old, I said <laughs> retired. Have you thought that maybe God is possibly in that, what we'll call routine and mundane, that God is working in that? Just kind of stick that off to the side for a second, because maybe you're not at all what I just described. Maybe in this routine of your lives, there's also some challenges that you're facing. There's some setbacks that you've experienced. There's some struggles that you're dealing with, and it's been ongoing for the last year, two, three, ten, or whatever. And you're just, you're just trying to survive. You're just trying to make it. But could God possibly be in those situations as well? Can he make something good out of the mess, out of the difficulty, out of the experiences that you're, uh, that you're going through right now that are really challenging and that we carry around as part of even our life story, things that happened to us when we were teenagers or young people or children or just 10 years ago, and that's past, the, the, the moment is past, the, the difficult time is past, but you're still experiencing the aftermath of it. You have a different trajectory now as a result of that. Is God in those as well? Are these daily steps, these tasks, these mundane routines, these challenging, stressful things that we go to, even, even times of heartbreaking experiences that we often deal with, are they leading us to anything profound and life-changing and eternal in our lives? You know, if you ever look out at a lake, speaking of nature, I love looking at lakes that are just glassy. It's just very little activity going on. There's such a beauty to that. It just looks like glass, and especially when you see the reflection of the sun and sometimes the stars and the moon off of it, and it casts that long shadow. It's just so beautiful. You think, wow, that's just so peaceful right there. But you know underneath, whether it be a lake or a pond or even the ocean, when it's really still, you know that there's all kinds of stuff going on underneath that water, don't you? I mean, there's a whole different world under there just God's creation. And there's stuff going on there too that there's other fish being eaten by other fish and there's some stuff going on. It's not all just pleasant and wonderful, you know. It's not SpongeBob, SpongeBob SquarePants underneath there. There's some, I mean, there's some, there's some difficult things. In the same way that we see a glassy lake like that, it may seem mundane on the surface of your life today. Routine. Here we go again. Another day. But I believe that God is up to something extraordinary in your life today. 
underneath the surface in that mundane God is profoundly working there's some activity going on you may not know it you may not recognize it you may not see it you may not be experiencing it but know this that there's a purpose underneath the surface of all that is happening in your life today to bring about God's destiny that he has always designed for you to live out it's funny that Cameron and he didn't know that I was going to be preaching on this I leaned over to Kelly to say this but during his time of leading worship he said things that we go through are for our good and God's glory that's what I'm gonna be talking about this morning I I just think it's so cool how the Holy Spirit does what he does so this is for somebody or somebody's here today so stay alert stay awake listen because this is for you I want to give you three examples of what I'm talking about here and what I'll call the mundane of life let's go back several thousand years I want you to imagine with me for just a moment a basket weaver <clears throat> diligently carefully crafting a basket about this big maybe about this shallow with some sort of lid on it beautiful finest materials the kind that is that, that can float in water really good sturdy well-made tightly knit this basket weaver was honing his craft and doing what he was doing in a mundane routine way because there's people in the city that are going to want his baskets today and so he's trying to make a living but who knew that one of those baskets that that basket weaver was making would one day carry a prophet that would one day set a nation free from hundreds of years of slavery talking about Moses Imagine for me right now, fast forward another thousand years or so, to a slingshot maker. He's picking out the finest tanned leather. He's cutting it precisely. He's choosing some really strong sort of stick that's not going to break. It's some tough, tough wood. Carving out that slingshot shot just right, attaching the leather straps to it in such a way where it's ready to go it's expertly constructed and it was just part of what he normally did because that's what he did that was part of his occupation setting it up for display in his booth and along comes a, a little teenage boy says I could use one of those picks it up sticks in his back pocket who knew that, that slingshot maker was making a slingshot that would be used to kill a giant that would catapult this young shepherd boy named David to the kingly throne and lead a nation to greatness. Who knew? I imagine the slingshot maker did not. Let's fast forward a little bit more, another thousand years or so, and I want to imagine with a, I want to imagine you to imagine with me for just a moment an innkeeper. An innkeeper who had off to his side a need to build some sort of shelter some animals so that they could have protection and also be fed and be protected from the elements and what have you a place for the animals to to be put up overnight along with his inn he made sure that 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 shelter was solidly built that it would protect the animals from the elements that it would be a peaceful sort of protected place away from all the hubbub and the activity as best as possible who knew that that particular inn and that particular animal stall would one day be the birthplace of God's son who would save the world from their sins? I don't imagine that innkeeper knew that when he was carefully constructing that inn, but that's exactly what happened. And so the point is, is this, is that mundane tasks, whatever it is that you do, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a plumber, whether you're a, a car salesman, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're a... Uh, you're working in an office, whether you, whatever it is that you do, no matter what, whether you're retired, whether you're a student, no matter what, your mundane tasks are leading to divine encounters and divine destinies in your life and in other people's lives. Last week we heard about Steve Lilly, what a great message that he shared. Um, talked about the horn being filled with oil and time to go out and anoint some folks and be that oil we are the horn and the Holy Spirit is the oil 
And if you remember part of that story, he mentioned about Saul and Samuel. You remember that? He touched on that. And I, I again, I chuckled sitting next to Kelly and I, I leaned over and I said, he has no idea because that's the exact message, the story that I was going to be, that the Lord had already put in my heart to share for today. And he pulled off last week and I, when he started talking about it, I thought, oh no, he's going to preach my message. <laughs> but he didn't. But what I want to do is I want to stay right there with Saul and Samuel. And I want to expound on that. If you're at 1 Samuel chapter 9, I want you to look at verse 3. Just a very mundane, matter-of-fact verse that describes our lives in the day-to-day -day for many of us. 1 Samuel 9, 3 says, Now the donkeys belonged to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of your servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. Just a mundane verse right there. It's just a verse that connects kind of the story from here to here. And it, you need that part of to know what's going on. It's just the routine of what Saul was asked to do by his dad. Saul probably rolled his eyes a little bit as some teenagers would do. It's like, really? I wanted to hang out with my friends here. But now I got to go find these donkeys that ran off. So he took, took a servant with him and off he went. But if you keep looking at the rest of the story... This was not just a mundane task, and it wasn't just a run-of-the-mill thing that he had to do. It was really God working in a divine appointment and a divine destiny for Saul. Because God is working on both sides of the equation in this story. As we do the mundane, as we make our slingshots and our baskets and build those animal stalls and what have you, as we go look for our donkeys... As we go take care of what we need to do in the day-to-day, -day, God is working on the other side doing something extraordinary. Can, can you see it? I, I want you to see it this morning. I hope by the end of the message that you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Because again, there's always purpose underneath the surface of our daily tasks. So he went off and they traveled looking for the donkeys they couldn't find them and Saul got discouraged finally after three days of unsuccessfully searching for the donkeys he wanted to go back home you read the story and his servant though urged him to go a little further by the way it's important who you pick as a partner this is another message altogether but it's he could have picked any servant he picked the right servant though because that servant said no uh, let me just encourage you that that little town right there just over the hill just 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 you can see it it's without an eye shot let, let's go there because my understanding the servant said is there's a prophet named Samuel there's, there's a prophet that may be able to help us so let's we're, we're that close we're just we're just moments away we're just steps away we're just we're just right there before we might be able to know where these donkeys are so let's not turn around now and go back we've come this far you hear me thank God for friends Thank God for family members. Thank God for pastors. Thank God for sermons. Thank God for God's word that urges us to not give up. Can I just tell you this morning? Don't give up. You're almost there. You can see it right in front of you. I'm that servant that's encouraging you and you're the Saul this morning. And I'm saying, come on now. Don't stop. Because we're almost there. Don't give up. So, meanwhile... Saul was looking for his father's donkeys. We see the other part of the story. God was speaking to the prophet Samuel. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 15 and 16. It says, Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I'll send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. So think about this. So while Saul thought he was still on his journey to retrieve these donkeys, this mundane task, this typical everyday routine sort of situation. God was working on the other side. He was working on the other end to set up a divine appointment that would change the direction of Saul's life forever. 1 Samuel 9.14 says this, Saul and his servant went up to the town. 
And as they were entering in, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. So here they come. Saul was headed one way, Samuel the other, and both were on a direct collision course toward each other. A divine appointment was getting ready to take place. I love that phrase. Same with you today. Good for Samuel. Good for Saul. Good for us today, too, because God is no respecter of persons. The challenge that you're facing today, hear me. The challenge that you're facing today, the task that you're faithfully carrying out in your life, the setback that you're enduring, the assignment that you're dutifully setting your hands to do on a daily basis is getting ready to intersect with God's divine appointment and destiny for your life today. I don't know when, I don't know how, but God's in what you're doing today. The basket weaver led Moses, uh, led Moses' mom to buy that basket. She, she put pitch in it so it would be waterproof and all that. It led Moses being rescued and prepared to deliver God's people. Thank God for the basket weaver. The slingshot maker led to David acquiring that slingshot to kill the giant and eventually ascend the throne of Israel. Thank God for the slingshot maker. The innkeeper led to Mary birthing Jesus there so he could save mankind from their sins. How much the last time you said, thank God for the innkeeper? But see, all of those people were part of the bigger story of what God was doing. In their mundane, their routine, what they were setting their hands to do, God used it to bring about strength for his people and glory for his name. Saul was coming one way, Samuel was coming the other, and their lives intersected at just the right moment to fulfill God's plan. What about you this morning? Are you ready to discover God's plan in your mundane? It could be just around the corner or it could still be some distance away, but don't you dare give up. Do not give up. You're headed toward it, and in God's time, it's going to happen. But be careful, because we will lose focus if we're not careful. We'll win, but we'll miss it. Because here it is. Saul, while Saul was focusing on the donkeys, God was trying to show him the kingdom. And often I think that happens with us. While we're focusing on the donkeys, the mundane, the routine, God is trying to say, hey, whoa, 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 forget about those donkeys. 1 Samuel 9.20, as for the donkeys, this is Samuel saying it. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, don't worry about them. They've been found. What Samuel was saying was, stop focusing so much on the mundane and start realizing, lift up your eyes. Start realizing that what's happening here is something that I'm trying to do to bring about my plan for your life. We need to be careful not to focus so much on the task or the loss or the struggle that we lose sight of God doing the profound and supernatural in our lives. I think too often we miss the opportunities coming our way because we aren't looking for the extraordinary. We're not looking for the supernatural. We're not looking for the prophetic things that God has for us. What we're doing is we're wrapped up in the donkeys while God is trying to show us the kingdom. There are a lot of donkeys in our lives, aren't there? And I know what you're thinking, another name for a donkey is. And I also know what you're thinking, and I'm not talking about that person that you're thinking about. I'm not. It's not just people. <laughs> just like the nature of a donkey a donkey it's stubborn right a donkey it's hard-headed and so so too we have stubborn hard-headed habits that we live out don't we they're just they're just there lifestyle choices that we embrace the routines that we get locked into the lowered expectations that we resign ourselves to expect those are the donkeys in our lives and the disappointments also that we're accepting as just, that's just how it's always going to be because that's how it's always been. That's a donkey in your life. And then those donkeys often keep us from experiencing God's destiny in our lives, God's appointment that he has for us, God's plan that he has for us. We think our lives a lot like Saul. Samuel had just spoken God's destiny over Saul. He had just said what he said to Saul. And he had just said, don't worry about the donkeys. God has a bigger plan for you. And did you know what Saul's response was? And really, that's really many of like how our response would be. 1 Samuel 9, 21. Here's his response right away. But am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? You see, Saul thought of himself as just the least of the least of the least. He thought, why me? You don't even, you don't even know who I am. We may look at our lives the same way. I've made too many mistakes. How could God use me? I'm not 
qualified or talented or gifted. How could God use me? I'm too old or I'm too young or I'm not handsome enough or I'm not pretty enough or I'm not eloquent enough or I'm not from the right family and I'm not strong enough and I'm not smart enough and on and on and on it goes. How could God use me? You may have experienced a loss in your life like Saul. He lost those donkeys. Maybe your loss is more like a death in the family. Maybe a divorce. Maybe a financial setback. Maybe a bad doctor's report. Those are all losses. And now you're trying to figure out how to just survive in your new normal. Or maybe you've experienced an unfulfilled dream. Things just didn't pan out like you thought they would. And now you're trying to rebuild your life and make sense of it all. But let me encourage you with something today. Sometimes God uses setbacks and loss to reroute us to his plan. Think about Joseph. The book of Genesis. He had a ton of setbacks. I mean... His brothers hated him and off he went was being sold into slavery. Things went from bad to worse in his life. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He was rotting in prison with no hope. And if, and, and if Joseph had given up at any point in time along that journey, and he had every opportunity to give up multiple times, didn't he? When it looked hopeless. He would have missed out on God's ultimate plan to use him to save his chosen people. As Joseph faced his brothers as second in command of all of Egypt, he had the hindsight of 2020 perspective when he was able to say to his brothers in Genesis 50:20, "You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives." You know those things that are going on in your life, those setbacks, those struggles, those difficult things that are going on in your life? Satan would mean it for evil, for harm, for destruction, but God means it for good. Not only for your life, but for those around you and for his glory. Our setbacks are just setups for God to show up and show out for our good and his glory. Amen? Our setbacks are just setups for God to show up. And to show out for our good and his glory. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that most things, some things, a few things, no things, all things. Say that with me. All things. Say it. All things. Say it. All things work for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. How many loves Jesus? How many believes that you've been called according to his purpose? Then all things that are happening in your life are working for the good. They're working for the good of your life and for his glory. I know you love Jesus today, don't you? But do you truly believe what I'm saying here this morning? Do you truly believe that he can take all these struggles, all, all of these mundane tasks, all of these setbacks and work them out for your good and for his glory? Do you believe that? You might be right in the middle of this. Uh, you, might, you might be like where Joseph was. He was in prison, rotting, totally being forgotten, and felt like you know, God had abandoned him. Maybe that's where you feel like you are right now. Does God even care? Is he even there? I know it seems hard to believe when it seems like that he's not there and he doesn't care. But again, there's always a purpose below the surface. And I might say this too, that he is with you and he does care. Because his word says he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. He is there in your prison. He is there in your struggle. He's there in your mundane task. He's there with you right now and wherever you go. So let me ask you this today. What donkeys are you chasing? Yeah. Satan's going to throw a lot of that stuff in your way to kind of distract you and get you all caught up in it. What distractions are you allowing to get in the way of God's plan for you? And here's... Another question, what baggage are you hiding in? We're not finished with the story of Saul yet because this is really an interesting part, what happened with Saul. Saul was afraid. Saul was insecure. With the prophecy and the declaration of Samuel ringing in his ears and knowing that the day had come for him to move into his destiny as the king of Israel, he allowed his fear and his insecurity to rule over him. So on the day of Saul's coronation, when it was getting ready to happen... Saul hid among some baggage. Read this with me in 1 Samuel 10, verses 21 and 22. 
When they looked for Saul, he could not be found. So they inquired further of the Lord. Has the man come here yet? And the Lord said, yes. He's hiding himself among the baggage. So here they are looking for Saul. <laughs> and if you've ever been to like a airport missions trip and all the baggage is piled up in one, Saul's underneath him. He's underneath all these suitcases. Maybe they won't find me here. You know, we're going to miss what God has for us if we don't let go of our baggage. Hauling around that baggage. Remember that message I did a few months ago, pulling the suitcase around? Yeah. We're going to miss what God has for us if we choose to live in our past. We're going to miss what God has for us if we allow our insecurities and our shortcomings to limit us. We're going to miss what God has for us if we let our fear rule over us. All of that is baggage. And Satan uses it constantly to keep us down, doesn't he? And discourage us away from what God's destiny is for us. Think about it. The basket maker, Moses' mother bought it. He was raised in the courts of Pharaoh. He grew up saved by that floating basket. But if you read about Moses, he used an excuse he couldn't do it because he had a speech impediment. Can't do this. That's an insecurity. That's some baggage right there. David. Yeah, he killed the giant. He was hailed as a great warrior and all that. Saul's killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. You know, it's kind of heady stuff. But can you imagine David was thinking, that, yeah, but I'm the youngest. I remember I was the least respected in my family. They had to call me out from the shepherd, just from the field, just so that they could, I could meet up with Samuel in the first place. I, who am I? I'm just a mere shepherd boy. And rumor has it, by the way, that Jesus... Born in that animal stall, he was conceived out of wedlock. Shh. Scandalous stuff. And certainly disqualifying him from any potential ministry position. But today I want to remind you that it's not about your strength. It's not about your ability. It's not about your good looks. It's not about your pedigree. It's not about your position. It's not about your past. It's not about your lack. It's not about your setbacks. It's not about your insecurities. It's not about any of these things or anything else that you might want to put out there as a reason why you can't or won't or shouldn't step into God's destiny for your life. It's about one thing that I want to leave you with here today. And we sang about it in the second song. And again, you didn't know this, but the Holy Spirit did. Trust in God. Write that down. Trusting God. I want you to leave here with that. Oh, that sounds so vague and so big. Not really. In the mundane, in the struggles, and in everything in between, we are called to trust God. That He was faithful, that He is faithful, and that He will be faithful. That He was good, that He is good, and that He will be good. Just like what Cameron just said. I felt like saying, you know, he preached the message. Let's just close this thing in prayer and leave. Because there's always a purpose under the surface of what's going on. Because while you're walking, God is working. While you're doing your day-to-day -day routine tasks and assignments, God is coming the other way and getting ready to meet you with a life-altering encounter. There's purpose under the surface of the loss that you've experienced in your life. There's purpose under the surface of the trial that you're in the middle of right now. There's purpose under the surface of the ongoing challenge that you face every day and it feels like it will never, ever stop. Stop focusing on the donkeys. They're merely distractions. Don't hide among the baggage. They're really excuses. Instead, pursue your destiny in Christ. Amen. Trust God. That he has a great plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, One of my favorite verses. Right on up there with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And plans to give you hope and a future. I want you to keep that up there. And I want all of us to say it out loud. And every time you say, see the word you there, I want you to put your name in it. 
I want you to read it out loud. And when it gets to that part where it says you, it's going to sound confusing because there's going to be a lot of names here. But I want you to keep reading and I'll lead you. Here we go. I want you to put your name there, okay? I'm going to say my name, but I want you to say your name every time it says you. It happens about four different times. Ready? For I know the plans I have for Brian, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper Brian and not to harm Brian. Plans to give Brian a hope and a future. I'm going to say it again. Say it with me. For I know the plans I have for Brian, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper Brian and not to harm Brian. Plans to give Brian hope and a future. You see, that's a personal scripture for you, a personal promise from God to you. That's why you put your name in it. And by the way, every time you see a promise from God in God's word and it says you, go ahead and just... Just, just go ahead and put your name in there, right? Just go ahead and put your name in there. Don't let it be this sort of generic sort of thing. Make it personal and claim it for yourself. And then live it out. Walk it out. Trust God with it. And he's not a man that he would lie. His word is true. His word is eternal. And he's speaking to you this morning through his word. God has a destiny for you today. God has a plan for you today. By the way, it's actually unfolding right before you now. In the mundane, in your basket weaving and your slingshot making, and your innkeeping and going to get the donkeys. It's happening. Those daily struggles, those daily fears, those daily challenges that you face. God is unfolding it before you. He's, 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 he's getting ready to intersect with you here. Just, just hold on. You're almost there. You're right at the city. You can see the town. You can see the town lights in front of you. Don't turn around now. Just stay faithful. Stay faithful to the task in front of you and trust God with the outcome oh but I want it to happen I want it to trust God his timing is perfect in his time that will happen that needs to happen everything we do every experience every setback every challenge every insecurity every loss every assignment is connected to a soul isn't it and it's part of your story to bring good in your life but also good into others' lives and also glory to the name of Jesus. And this is when it really gets fun, and I'm going to end with this. Because too often I think we hear messages, especially in this generation, where it's all about, you know, God's got great stuff for you, and you're going to prosper and succeed, and you're just going to get better and better and better. The whole name it and claim it movement. You know, and I'm not against the whole thing of, I want my life to be better in Christ, but it's not so that I can just grab it all and keep it all to myself. God blesses us to what? Be a blessing, right? You've heard me say that so many times. We're simply stewards of what God has for us. When he blesses us, we're to be a blessing. We're a conduit, not a receptacle. He wants to come through us with the blessings. And if he can get it through you, he's going to get it to you. But if you hoard it, he's going to move it to someone else that he can get it through. Because all, because as you see in, in our story today, Saul's life impacted a nation, right? It wasn't just for Saul. Moses' life impacted a nation, right? It wasn't just for Moses. Moses was blessed to be a blessing. David's life impacted a nation. And Jesus' life impacted all of creation and all of humanity for all of eternity. Our destinies, God's plan for us, isn't just for us, but it's for others. And it's for God's glory. And here's the other thing. I don't know if that basket weaver ever knew it. I don't know if the uh, slingshot maker ever knew it. I don't know. The Bible says in Hebrews that there's a lot of people that died not ever seeing the promises fulfilled. But God did fulfill them, but it wasn't in their lifetime. So can we be faithful and can we trust God, even if it doesn't happen in our lifetime, that he sees the big picture and he's taking care of it and we pass away and he does it 100 years from now, so should he tarry? Can we trust him with that? That we're part of the bigger picture of God's plan for his particular purposes and fulfilling his will and his, and, his, and his destiny for the world even. And we're part of that. See, too often I think we want that instant. We're used to the 30-minute sitcom, things are resolved. Two-hour movie, things are resolved. We read a book, it's resolved as soon as we, you know, we, 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 we start here. We get the ark and go all the way to the end. We think, oh, that was a good story. And we're conditioned maybe to expect things like that and there's nothing wrong with that sometimes they do resolve but oftentimes they don't we're just kind of circling the airport a lot aren't we will this plane ever land we feel like but can we trust god that he sees the big picture 
You may never know why you're going through the current struggle and this current challenge that you're experiencing, but I promise you it's not just for you, but it's for others too. This mundane task that you're walking out every day, you may never know what conversations, what chores, what routine activities as part of your day-to-day will impact a person or a community or a nation or the world for God's glory. I have so many stories that I can tell you today of me just living my life and having relationship and communication and opportunity to help someone along in some way. And I look at other people's lives and they are where they are in part because I was there as part of their journey. And we've talked about this, Kelly and I. Sometimes the things that we go through, it's not just for us, but maybe it's for someone else. The struggle that we're experiencing is not necessarily that God would teach us something, but it would be a blessing to others. And that's where it really gets fun. And that's where we're showing ourselves to be really mature in Christ. When we can look at that, step back and say, wait a minute. You know, even if I'm like Joseph, good grief. Again, going back to him, all the struggles that he went through. I mean, it really wasn't to benefit him, was it? God used him to save a nation. Maybe God's using you today in the same way in your mundane routine tasks of making baskets, making slingshots, that little doohickey that you're making, that little activity that you're doing, that little routine that you're going through every day. You are making a difference in someone's life and you don't even know it, but eternity will tell you that that you have. So stay faithful and trust God with it. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever you set your hands to do, do it with all your heart. So whatever that is, you know, this, this makes sense here. Leading worship, you know, that makes sense here. Doing things for the Lord makes sense, right? I'm doing this for the Lord. This makes sense. I'm making a difference. But you have a pulpit in front of you every day. You actually have the harder job than me. But all of us, whatever you lay your hands to do, in that mundane, routine, difficult struggle, whatever it is, do it with all your might. And do it as under the Lord. Do it for the glory of God. Do it as unto Him. Weave that basket. It might just one day carry a prophet. Craft that slingshot. It might just one day kill a giant. Make available that place of lodging. It might just one day house a king. Do what God has set before you to do today. Trust him with the big picture and the eternal destiny and purpose that he has for you and through you for others in this current season in your life. Amen? Amen. There's a greater eternal purpose under the mundane surface of your life. So stay with it. Trust God. In God's time. In God's good time. He's going to intersect with you on your journey and reveal to you his prophetic calling and purposes in and through it all for you, for others, and for God's glory. This was for someone today. And I trust that you'll walk out of here encouraged, refocused, and strengthened that God has a great plan for your life. And it's actually being fulfilled right now. Trust him. Would you stand with me? Lord God, it sometimes seems like we're going through some mundane stuff and it feels a little, I don't know, boring sometimes like are you doing anything are you there do you care the struggles that we are experiencing that seem like they will never end the baggage that we're dragging along with us the distractions of the donkeys that we're looking for all this stuff can help us can cause us to lose sight of what you really are doing in the mundane and in the struggles and in everything All things do work together for our good and for your glory. Hard. It's hard to believe that. But Lord, we are going to trust in you with all of our heart. We are not going to lean on our own understanding. But in all of our ways, we're going to acknowledge you as you guide and direct our steps for our good, for the good of others, and for your glory. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us to stay faithful to the task. Let this be a word of encouragement as as I represent the servant to the souls that are here today. We're just steps away. We can see the, the town lights just ahead of us. 
there's a prophet there. There's a there's a word there. There's a there's a revelation there. There's a there's a declaration there. There's an assignment there. There's there's a there's a divine destiny that's getting ready to take place. And we're not going to get weary in doing what is right. For after a while, we're going to reap a harvest of blessing. Blessing if we don't get discouraged, if we don't give up. Your word says. So today, Lord God, help us to set our hands to the plow, to not look back, to not look to the left or to the right, to keep. Building those baskets, to keep weaving the baskets, to creating the slingshots, building those shelters, looking for those donkeys, but not to the point where we're distracted by them, not distracted by the task, but always keeping our eyes set to that that you have for us to do, lives to speak into, destinies even in their lives to redirect, speaking the good news of Jesus Christ into someone's life who needs to hear the gospel this week. In, uh, speaking encouragement into someone's life who's living in despair right now because of a loss of a loved one or a bad report some way or an experience they had in their earlier life. Or the struggles that are taking place even in the world today can be such a distraction. It's really donkeys that are out there that are trying to just sap our strength and to keep our eyes off of you and to cause us to walk in fear and anxiety. We refuse to let that happen. We're going to believe the report of the Lord, not going to listen to the news and what they say is going to happen or what is happening now. But God, we thank you that we're in the world, not of it. And we're King's kids and you're going to take care of us. We're not going to worry about that. We're going to let those donkeys, they've already been found. That's already been taken care of. You've already done all that needs to be done for us. Father, help us to focus on your kingdom, on that divine appointment, on that destiny that you have for us. Lord, we're not going to hide among the baggage anymore. We're not going to be fearful. We're not going to be insecure. We're not going to say we're not even qualified. Why would you even use us? We're not going to let any of that happen. Today, Lord God, we're going to rise up, stand up and say, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Use me. Here am I. Fulfill through me what you have for me to do for your glory. I may not be much, I may not be talented, I may not be this. It doesn't matter. I'm going to trust in you, Lord God. I simply am going to trust in you. The steps of a righteous person are ordered of you. I'm going to follow the steps that you lead me to walk in. I'm going to say what you tell me to say. Do what you tell me to do. Be who you call me to be. I'm going to weave that basket. I'm going to, I'm going to build that slings. I'm going to just, I'm going to do what you call me to do. It may seem routine. It may seem mundane. But, uh, but Lord, it's part of your, it's part of your master plan to bring about your glory for your name. And so we're going to do it as unto you with all of our might. Whatever that looks like and leave the big picture, leave the results to you. We're going to plant water and you're going to bring the increase. That's what we're going to do. We're going to trust in you. Lord, I need this word today for me. Thank you for encouraging me today in this word. I thank you, Lord, for encouraging those here today that needed to hear it. the songs, the message. It was for somebody or somebody's here today. I know it because Holy Spirit, that's how you work. I love it when you do that. So, Lord, help us to walk out of here simply with two words, trusting God. Show us what that looks like in our day to day. And, Lord, help us to realize that truly nothing is mundane in you. Everything in you is extraordinary. Everything in you is just unbelievable. Even the quote unquote mundane is really, really something special when you're in it. Help us to see what that looks like. And I don't know what it looks like for individuals in this place, but you do. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're a personal savior that can direct us and lead us into those personal, unique assignments that you have for us this week. And when you place them in front of us, Lord, help us to do it with all of our might as unto you and leave the results to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Would you just lift up your hands and just praise him right now. Just worship him and say, Lord, I receive this word. Oh, I need this word, Lord God. 
Let it speak to me. Lord, I thank you that the, the plans that you have for me are plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me hope in a future. And Lord God, it's all to glorify you. I receive this word today. I bless you today. Lord God, reveal it to me. Let it get into the fibers of my beings. Let it take root inside of me today. Let it, re let it push back all the stuff that was there that would keep this from taking root. And God, let it be fertile soil and get it in there. Oh God, let it be fruitful in my life. For your glory, I pray these things. Hallelujah. With every eye closed and head bowed, I don't know what you brought into this place here today, but as we, as we conclude this service, I want to give opportunity for those of you that are here today that maybe don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I asked earlier in the service, how many love Jesus? How many believes in Jesus? How many, and, you know, many of you raised your hands. I, I trust all of you are that way. But today, I want to give you opportunity if you don't know Jesus, you want to ask him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Cleanse you from your sins. He'll do that today. Everything that needs to be done is done except for one thing. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And what happens is that Jesus has died for our sins. He shed his blood for our sins. He's, he's risen again. He's the first fruits of that, of that new life, of that eternal life that we're going to experience. And right now he's knocking on the door of your heart and the one thing that he can't do is force that door open because there's just the knob is on the inside that it's just it, it, only you can turn it only you can open it up and you've tried everything else i know you have you've tried to live good you tried to do the right things you've you've tried different things that other people have offered the world has offered none of it works it leaves an empty space in you you know what i'm talking about and you come here today because because you're here with a friend or you're here with because you just saw the sign and thought, let's give this a try. I don't know why you're here, but the Holy Spirit does. And I know that you're here as a divine appointment even here today. And I just want to give you an invitation to, to make the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life. More important than who you marry, more important than the job that you uh, work at, more important than your career, where you live, or anything like that. Anything. And that is, are you going to choose heaven or hell today? There's a hell to shun. There's a heaven to gain. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, if you have, don't invite him to be your Lord and Savior, if you're not washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, you will go to hell. And that's not God's choice. That's your choice. And hell is not a party place. It's not a fun place. It's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's an awful place. It's a place for eternity. There's no do-overs in this. But heaven is prepared, is, being a, is a place that's been prepared for us who place our faith in Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful place. It's a perfect place. It's a place where Jesus is going to reign and rule in righteousness for all of eternity. It's a place where there's no more tears, no more sickness, no more death, no more pain, no more anything that we're experiencing here on this earth. And it's the decision that you make today that will determine that. God does not desire that you go to hell. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die for your sins. So that it would give you the access, the opportunity, the door into heaven through Jesus Christ. It's the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Oh, but pastor, I read the Bible a lot. If the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, pastor, I go to church a lot. It's the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. But pastor, my parents are Christians. It's the only way to heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no grandfathering in salvation. You've got to make that decision today on your own. Today, you make the choice. And I hope you'll make the wise choice. And you're not guaranteed another day. I got to say this and I'm not, not trying to scare you. But you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Today the Bible says is the day of salvation. I want you to make that decision today. Christians, I need you to pray because souls are hanging in the balance. The spiritual warfare going on right now. And Satan doesn't want these people to make this choice for, for Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is drawing you in right now. You feel that tugging in your heart? Do you feel it? You know what I'm talking about? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit confirming what I'm saying here today is true. And, and he's, and he's, cause, cause the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. And he's saying what that pastor is saying from that pulpit is true. You need to say yes to this decision. The Holy Spirit is telling you that. He's inviting you in. He's knocking on the door of your heart. How about it? Won't you open it up? Won't you invite Jesus in? I want you to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, I need Jesus today. I've never heard anybody say it like this before, and, and I, I, it's pretty clear to me here. I need Jesus. I, I've been living for myself. I've been living in sin, but today I want to I want to accept Jesus. I repent. I want to repent of my sin. If you lift up your hand and put it right back down, we'll pray together in just a moment. Lift it up so I can see it. 
and then we'll put it right back down and we'll pray together. In just a moment, we'll pray. Put your hand up, put it right back down. Anybody? Hallelujah. Come on, quickly, quickly. This is not, this is not a difficult decision. You're making the wisest decision. Come on, burst through that fear. Burst through that, that, that I don't know about this. You're, it's the right decision. Ask Jesus in your heart right now. Lift up your hand and we'll pray together. Lord, I think that everybody in this place is saved. Lord, if that trumpet were to sound right now and the rapture were to take place, this room would be vacated of humanity. I thank you, Lord God, that if, if you were to return right now, this room would be empty. But Lord, if that's not the case, if there is by chance someone here that doesn't know you, they just didn't raise their hands, but they, they just know there's still that gnawing, that nagging in their heart. There's that drawing, that tugging that's taking place. I pray, Lord God, that as we pray this prayer, all of us out loud together, as your word says, if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is God's son, that we will be saved. Lord, may we confess it and believe it in our heart, this prayer that we get ready to pray. I want all of us to pray this prayer out loud with all of our hearts. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Please forgive me of all of my sins. Save me. Come live in my heart. I invite you in to be the Lord of my life. From this day on, I will serve you. I thank you that I'm now born again, washed of my sins, a child of God, and I'm going to heaven. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Holy Spirit seal this decision that was made right now. Fill each one. Don't let this be stolen. But God, I thank you today that as we now all pray that prayer, meant it, that we would walk this out every day in relationship with you and grow in that relationship with you and discover our destinies in you and trust you with our lives. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. If you don't have a Bible, you made this decision. You don't have a Bible. We have a Bible for you. And I want you to come up and talk to me. Even if you don't have a Bible and you've been knowing the Lord for a while, come up to me. I'm going to give you a Bible. Uh, and, and I want you to read the Bible. And I'm going to tell you where you can start reading. But read the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the New Testament. Read the book of John. That's going to tell you a lot about who this wonderful, beautiful Savior that you just invited into your heart is. The name is Jesus. The book of John is going to tell you about Jesus. And then go from there, we can, we can talk further. But I want you to read the story of Jesus, who you just invited in your heart. The book of John is a beautiful book. The whole Bible is a beautiful book. But John is what I want you to read, okay? All right. God has a destiny for your life, amen? Amen. amen.